Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Decoder Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Decoder Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? That's Decodering, named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by the New York Times. Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one. This is a CBC Podcast. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. Uh, The Canadian director Domi Shi puts a lot of herself in her work. So she had this um, animated short film called Bao, which was inspired by her life as an only child in a Chinese-Canadian family. That short film for Pixar won an Oscar. And then Domi Shi came back with her first feature film. I'm Maylin Lee. And ever since I turned 13, I've been doing my own thing, making my own moves. 24-7, 365. I wear what I want, say what I want, so Turning Red comes out. It's the first full-length Pixar movie set in Canada. Um, and it's about a 13-year-old girl in Toronto with a big secret. She turns into a red panda whenever she's stressed or excited. Now, as far as I know, that doesn't happen to Domi Shi, but this is still a pretty personal story for her. So Turning Red, this is a sort of an inside industry thing. Turning Red was released on Disney Plus during the pandemic, like the home streaming Disney. So audiences never got to see the film as it was intended, as Domi wanted everyone to see it, which of course is in a theater. Well, Turning Red is being re-released in theaters in Canada for the first time this Friday. Um, I, I, I loved watching the film, but even more importantly, I have friends of mine who have kids who just like saw themselves in this film, saw their like their own journeys in this film, especially, you know, kids who are, go- who are going through puberty. Anyway, here, here now is my conversation with Domi Shi. I started by asking her about the inspiration for making this film. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the inspiration behind this movie just came from like my own life growing up. Uh, I, I was Maylin Lee. I was like that 13-year-old, dorky, excited girl who's like struggling with being her mom's perfect little daughter and, you know, this uh, hairy hormonal beast that was inside of me that that was fighting with my mom every day. Uh, and uh, when I came up with the idea, I thought, like, oh, my gosh, like, wouldn't it be so fun and awkward and, and weird if we told a story about this girl going through magical puberty? Like, talk about puberty, but kind of put, like, a fun, like, unique uh, spin on it. Uh, and the image of this girl proving into a red panda just popped into my head because I don't know, like there's something about the red panda that just feels like a metaphor for puberty. Like it looks like it could be <laughs> like, it's like it's hairy and awkward and red. And I think the, the color red, like just really attracted me to the animal. Cause like red is the color of menstruation. It's a color of, of like your face when you get angry yeah. or, or embarrassed or, crushing on a boy or girl in school so you know one of the things that gets in the way is is the relationship that Maylin has with with her mom mm-hmm. and um there is and listen i'll ask you about it, but you don't only tell me as much as you want to talk yeah, about yeah. that but like that idea that she feels quite smothered by her mother mm-hmm. who's you know paying a lot of attention to her really worrying about her kind of over protecting her yeah and you said that was that's sort of from your own experience too oh yeah i mean you've seen bow <laughs> i have I, I mean and like after making that uh I thought I was over that, but then I realized, like, no, 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 
there's a lot more to unpack in that relationship, especially between mothers and daughters, especially, especially between like Asian mothers and daughters and, and Asian daughters too. Um, Cause you're so close with them. And I'm really close with my mom, but I also fight with her a lot too, like way more than my dad. And I kind of want to, wanted to unpack like, like why that is like, why, uh, like the people that you're closest to are the ones that like drive you crazy. <laughs> right. And, and should also mention you're an only, you're an only child. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an only child, which I think adds to, um, and May in the movie is an only child too. And that adds to, um, Ming, uh, her, her mother's overprotectiveness. But then you also find out in the movie that her, her mother kind of knew about this, uh, the turning this, into a red yeah, panda. Yeah, turning into a red panda that she was like, you know, like like dreading the day when it would come, which kind of explains why she kind of watches May like a hawk. Um, yeah. And she does. There's a scene early on, I'm not going to spoil it, but like where the the mom is hiding behind a tree <laughs> yeah. watching Maylin in school. Yeah. And I heard that that comes from your own experience. Yeah, that actually happened. Uh, what happened? Oh, so, so it was my first day of middle school. Uh, and I just walked out of the building with my new friends. And then one of them goes, who's that lady behind a tree? And I like look up <laughs> and it's my mom, like a couple feet away, like looking, like like peeking out from behind a tree. And she has sunglasses on because she thought I wouldn't recognize her. And she just wanted to check in on me to see if I was, you know, doing good. But then, you know, we made eye contact. And she's like, oh, don't mind me. Just go go hang out with your friends. I'll, I'll be here. <laughs> that's kind of sweet. Yeah. Sweet. That's a, that's a good way to describe <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help you out here. I'm trying to go there. Does making a film like this, like Bao or like, uh, like this new film help you empathize with why your mom might've done that? Oh yeah, for sure. Like, um, I think when I first started making Turning Red, uh, it felt more like a one-sided story from from May's perspective, but like in work sh- in in working on the story and rewriting it, and there was a lot of um, really awesome female leadership on the show. A lot of moms, a lot of moms of teenagers. I was able to get the other perspective of like, oh, that's why you guys are so crazy. It's all coming from love and protection, and moms are humans too, and that's something that like May learns uh, as well as, as you watch the movie. Okay, let me reintroduce you. I'm talking to Domishi, director of Turning Red. It is the first full-length Pixar movie to be set in Canada. And is it ever? It's like ultra Canadian. Yeah. Like streetcars in Toronto and loonies and yeah. Lester B. Pearson. I know. It's the most, yeah. I just tried to, I went overboard with the Canadianisms. But it, it was so weird to see that in a Pixar movie because I'm not used to that in Pixar movies. Was that was that intentional when you when you pitched this thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was always going to be set in Toronto, and um, I think Americans are like tickled by Canada. Like they're like, oh, it's like such a strange place <laughs> that like I think it helped sell the uniqueness of the movie that it was going to be set in Toronto. Pixar was like, oh, delightful. Let's <laughs> but, yeah, it's cool because like you know they had like Duke Kaboom. From Toy Story Four, and Americans just have this weird like fascination with like like Canada. It's it's like us, but like they're like a little different. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and Pixar animators are so well known for doing like a lot of 
research, you hear these stories about like, you know, they went scuba diving for Finding Nemo and they like looked into how realistic the plumbing was for Up. Yeah. Was there any equivalent of that for them having to learn how to animate Canada? Canadians? Uh, no, unfortunately. I mean, once we started animation, that was when the lockdown happened. So we couldn't go on research trips uh, as much. But we did do a lot of research in terms of like the the... Chinese cultural aspect of the movie. We went to several um, uh, temples. We visited like San Francisco Chinatown, Oakland Chinatown, talked to a bunch of experts from those places, also from Toronto, but like over Zoom. Uh, Yeah, I think we just relied on a lot of the Canadian uh, uh, people on on the crew, like me. And then there's a bunch of Canadian animators on it too. Um... It was fun. It was fun to like, like, yeah, like almost give them like a little crash course on Canadianism. So there, there was one set review where we're looking at a set of the convenience store of the Daisy Mart. And then um, a dude calls out a note because that's what we do. Like if we like look at the, you know, sets on the screen, we just like call out stuff that we think is like a mistake. And one guy is like, ah. Oh, that sign says bags of milk for $2. Is that a mistake? <laughs> and then I had to explain to him and everyone on the Zoom, like, uh, no, that's that's not a mistake. That's just like a weird Ontario thing. <laughs> that is a weird thing to have to explain. It's not I, I didn't know about it till I came up here. Yeah. Like that that is a weird thing to have to explain to somebody. Yeah. It, and it blows their mind, which is really funny. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. Coming up, more of my conversation with the filmmaker Domi Shi. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm DeLon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. Here's more of my conversation with the filmmaker, Domi Shi. It's really exciting that you made this film for a lot of reasons. And one is that, like, it's so exciting to have a Canadian filmmaker make a big old Pixar movie. Yeah. Um, when did you know you wanted to animate and, and do work like this for a living? Oh, man. Um, well, I've always loved drawing. Uh, it was always kind of like my outlet and, you know, my, my way of just getting stress out, but also my way of like making friends and like communicating ideas and stories to people. And, um, I found out about Sheridan college and their animation program in, in high school. And, uh, I had to like pitch it to my parents cause they had, you know, they had these like, you know, assumptions about, you know, the career of art. My dad is an artist, but he oh. struggled a lot. Yeah. Like in order to establish himself in America. Oh, sorry, in Canada and America. Right. Um, so he didn't want that for me. But then, you know, I pitched it to him like, like, look, like, and like, 
if, if I'm an animator, if, if I go into animation, like, the, you know, it's a, it's a nine to five, they have a 401k, you know, they have benefits, all kind. it's like a, it's like a job job. Look, there's like a desk and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and they were convinced and, uh, and yeah, and they let me apply to animation school. But, you know, I did, I never expected to be a director, I think, but I've always loved telling stories. Uh, through drawings, and I think that was probably that that passion that kind of like led me into what I do now. The the early in the film, and I don't think I'm spoiling anything, but Malin has a sketchbook <laughs> yeah. that she hides from her parents, yeah, because she doesn't want them to see her drawings, yeah. And I hear that 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 comes from your own life too. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, that's like one of my favorite scenes, and I think. Yeah, it it was in there from the beginning that May goes down a, I like to call it a horny drawing spiral. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, but, a, a horny drawing spiral? Yes. Yeah. Disney Good. doesn't want me to use the word horny, but I don't know how else to describe it. I say lusty, <laughs> but that's even worse. Or passionate. Amorous? An amorous and sweaty drawing spiral. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I feel like every female artist like a friend that I have like has had like one of those secret sketchbooks like those moments you know where they're exploring with drawings like that's that's totally a thing that I've that I don't think a lot of people know about like I remember talking to a male colleague and he was like I didn't know girls could be so nerdy and weird and and like gross and I was like yeah we're freaking gross. <laughs> Let me show you with this movie, and we can just we can be just as weird and, and hormonal as, as teen boys. Um, yeah, but my my parents never found out about my oh. my sketchbook. I remember I hid it under my mattress, uh, and then I went off to college. And then like one night, I like sat up in bed because I just remembered that I that it was still there. And then I texted my cousin who was staying with my parents at the time. And I was like, I need you to do a favor for me. There's a book under my mattress. I need you to take it and I need you, I need you to get rid of it. And then she's like, I'm on it. And then like 10 minutes later, she's like, it's taken care of. And I have no idea what she did with it. But it wasn't there when I checked after I came home to, vi- to visit. So I don't know what she did with it. That's a real spy mission you sent your cousin on there. A real reconnaissance mission, know, you know? it was. I don't know how she got rid of it, but yeah. Don't mean, <laughs> what if it's still there? Oh, sorry. Maybe it is. Maybe it's maybe it's still there. She, she lied to you. You just didn't see it. Well, I'm going to visit my parents tonight at the same house that I grew up in. I'm going to like tear the place apart looking for it. I, I, as I said to you, like everyone's very, very excited and very proud to have this film, this Pixar film, be set in Canada and to come from you. And there's so much attached to it. Like, mm-hmm. there's been um, here's what I've read about it. You know, like for the first time in Pixar history, the entire creative leadership team is female. You were the first woman to direct a Pixar short. Turning Red is the first Pixar feature to uh, to feature an Asian main character. How are you with the first stuff? Oh. It's like definitely like an honor, but also really uh, shocking that that it's the first of so many things. I would have expected by now that it I would not cover so many firsts, but what do you um, mean? I guess yeah, like that. You know, I would be the first female short director, the first woman of color, second or first solo female director too 
Uh, yeah, but I'm really excited that, you know, it's happening. And um, just looking at the future slate of, of the studio, I'm like, like, I'm glad and really proud to say that I'm the first of many to come. Um, yeah. Not feeling too much pressure or anything? <laughs> well, now that the movie's done, all the pressure is off. Like, there's, there's nothing I can really do about it now. It's like done. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of what we we did. Now it's just sending your baby down the river like so long. I'm done. See you later, baby. See you later, baby. Enjoy the river. I squeezed you out. <laughs> Go. Enjoy enjoy the en- enjoy life. Yeah, in the, in the river. Yeah. <laughs> uh, enjoy your life on the river because that's where you're going to live. Yep. What do you learn What do you learn about yourself when you make a movie that's so close to your own experience? Oh. Ah. Uh... Yeah, what do I learn about myself? Oh, that um I uh well, what what did I learn about like specifically like my 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 uh teenagehood and my relationship with my mom? I learned a lot. I feel like I had this one kind of impression of my adolescence where, you know, my mom played the and dad played the role of like, you know, the the jail wardens or like the taskmasters and I was the you know like I played the you know the 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 dutiful daughter who wants to break free who who has these like taskmaster parents but then I think in in developing the story I was able to kind of see their side of like just wanting to you know make sure that I was safe and wanting to like set me up for success and all of the stuff they were doing was just was was you know in the end for for me and then also like figuring out that like like the way they are is because of their parents and like how they were raised too and it's like a whole intergenerational thing um yeah i feel like i learned a lot making this i mean the biggest thing i learned also was like man you just can't be a perfectionist or a, like like a control freak like when it comes to filmmaking especially animation because it, it just takes so long and like so many things can happen in four years that you would have not expected at all like the pandemic like you know uh there was also one time when like the the sky was orange and we were all working from home because like california yeah. was on fire right and then like i'm just trying to like you know, boost morale <laughs> on the crew. And like, so the sky is orange and we're all, you know, in lockdown. But isn't it f- awesome that we get to animate a like a like a a, a dorky red panda? <laughs> um yeah. So I just learned to kind of embrace the chaos of of, of life and, and filmmaking. It's yeah. a it's a really, really, really beautiful film. Oh, thank you. Congratulations on it. I feel like I feel such a like a sense of Canadian pride for oh. you. And I, I'm sure your folks are proud of you too. And thanks for coming in. Yeah. Nice to talk in real life. Thanks for having me. We only did this over the over the internet last time. Yeah. I'm so glad to be here. A real slice of life of like right after the pandemic ended and we were all like what just happened Domi Shi is the director of the new Pixar film Turning Red that movie is out uh, this week for the first time in theaters uh, the other conversation we have up today that's a that's it for us by the way the other conversation Alana Glazer from the uh, TV show I don't know I'm doing a letterman right now uh, Alana Glazer from the uh, uh, television program uh, uh, Broad City 
Um, Broad City uh, heralded as one of the most important and, and funniest sketch uh, shows of the, of the past few decades. She stopped making that when she was in her early stopped making it when she was in her early thirties. What do you do now? She's working that out through her stand-up, and we have a little conversation about that. We'll see you soon. Later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.